so today I, we're continuing the, the series that we've been working on or dealing with is forgiveness. We talked about, initially we talked about the blood of Jesus and how that is the fountain of forgiveness. It's because of the blood that, that, was, um, that was squeezed, was crushed out of him on the cross that brings us forgiveness of sin. And then we talked last week about the Father's heart of forgiveness, which is uh, how God is longing, wants to, is just filled with forgiveness toward us. We looked at the the story of the prodigal son. Today we're going to look at the foundation of forgiveness, and we'll talk about some things that are kind kind of interesting, kind of unique. It's really foundational things. We're going to look at three verses in Romans, chapter three, just three. And, and go from there and talk about this because there are actually some things that we'll talk about that are hard to understand. They aren't going to make sense to us. They don't make sense to me, so I can't really explain them. So don't expect me to explain them. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says, and we just believe what the Bible says because I don't know how it works. I just know it does because God says so. In Romans chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 24 to 26. And if there's some words in here you don't understand, we'll just hang on. We'll get to explaining them. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So there's three words in those three verses that we want to talk about just briefly. And it's the words justified, just, and justifier. So it's similar, but just uh, the root word is the same, but in three different ways. So that when we talk about justification, we're going to explain that in a minute. But the Bible talks about redemption that we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And redemption means that the price was paid. In other words, there's a penalty for sin. The penalty for sin is death. And so there's a price that needs to be paid to take care of sin. And (laughs) the price is death. So all of us could pay for our own sin by dying. But that doesn't get us anywhere. And that's why Jesus came. He died. He paid the price. So that redemption price was paid by him. He made the payment. Remission, when we talk about remission, and we talk about how it's just paying the debt, you remit a payment. If you get a bill, you pay the bill. The bill's taken care of. You're free from that, from that debt. Remission means the sins were sent away. They're put away. They were sent back. When we talk about being justified, when the scripture talks about being justified, it talks about he is the just and justifier. We've been justified freely by his grace. It's a, actually a pronouncement by God. It's a declarative thing that he does when we're justified. It's like a legal thing that God does. In the courts of heaven, we are justified. It's a declaration by him. When we put our trust in Jesus, we put our faith in him, he declares us free of sin. It's a declarative statement by him. And so you might wonder, well, how powerful is that? Well, think about God. Before there was anything, 
he spoke, he declared, and worlds were created. So his word is powerful. His word does things. His word accomplishes things. So when he declares that our sin is given is forgiven, it's a declarative statement. It's done. It's done. It's almost as if you could hear the gavel hit that little block that the judges have. I can't duplicate it. I could hit my guitar. I won't hit my guitar. But it's that pronouncement. It's like this is settled. The word has that kind of, of power to it. And it has to do with the sin of people like you and me. When we come to Jesus through faith, we, we receive Jesus and the price that he paid. The father acknowledges the payment. He sees Jesus' payment and he acknowledges and he credits it to our account. He, he declares us sinless. And justified is actually a legal term which means acquitted. It means acquitted like completely. Charges are gone. And it's a declaration that God makes. And, and the declaration actually goes so far when we put our trust in Jesus as our Savior and God makes this des- declaration that we are justified. What it actually means is that God now sees us as if we've never sinned. He looks at us as though there's never been any sin. He looks at you and he can't find you. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, he looks at you, he can't find any sin. It's not there. It's completely gone. And so that's the power of that word justified. He is just and justifier. And it's all through the fountain of forgiveness, which is the blood of Jesus. And it's the Father's heart to forgive. But he makes this declarative statement when we trust Jesus as our Savior that the sins are gone. Not only are they gone, not only, you know, I hear people say this a lot. I had a friend, I used to go, I went to camp with him when I was a kid. And uh, when he would introduce himself, what's your name? He said, well, I'm so-and-so, I'm a sinner. I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And uh, no, you're not. You're not a sinner. You're saved by grace, but you're not a sinner anymore because God doesn't see you as a sinner. Did you know God doesn't see us as sinners? We'll talk about that in a minute. But there's a need for us to always remember and keep in mind the way God looks at us when we've trusted Jesus, that he doesn't see us as sinners. Because if you think of yourself as somebody who's always stumbling, fumbling, and that he sees you as somebody who's always messing up, rather than understanding and allowing yourself to get his picture of who you are and what you are, that you're a person who has never sinned. That's how he looks at you. And you understand the impact that that will have on how you do things, the fulfillment of the way that you walk through your life. If I am always thinking about the fact that uh, I did it again, or I'm, you know, I'm a sinner. If I if I go through life that way, it's going to diminish my effectiveness in in the power of Jesus actually working and functioning through me. God looks at me and He sees Jesus' righteousness. It's been put on me, and He sees me as if I've never sinned. In other words, he doesn't think in his head, I see you as if you've never sinned. He looks at us and says, I don't see any sin. There's no sin there. 
I don't see anything on you. I don't see any of that. It's just not there. That's how he looks at us. It's not like, I see you as if you've never sinned. Because I have way back in my memory, in my mind, that you were. And yet you went through this process. And so I'm just choosing to see. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And so when we build our, our, our relationship with God and our life on, on that understanding, it has an impact on how we walk out and live our lives from there. And so there was this calculated plan that God had. And it always culminated in Jesus and his death on the cross. When he came, shed his blood, gave his life for us. He was, he was righteous. He was perfect. He didn't sin. He didn't do anything wrong. He never messed up. He never failed. And yet he died in our place. And when he did that, now his righteousness is available to us. So that God actually justifies us through Christ, through our faith in him. And he looks at us. Not having any sin. Which is really amazing. Verse 24 says this. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. There's a neat word, propitiation. How many of you used that a couple times this past week (laughs) in conversation? Propitiation. Somebody will think you're swearing at them or something like that. I'd like, what did you say? But propitiation means a covering. It just simply just means a covering. So Jesus' blood became a covering. Jesus is our covering. He's the one that is wrapped around us through his blood. And so he, he uses that, that whole concept of Jesus and his blood being a covering that deals with the sin and so that's really the foundation of forgiveness is that whole area of justification. When you hear that term, uh, it needs to bring to mind that legal declaration that comes from the Father, no sin. And so God, when he originally set things up, he, he put laws in place and he said, now listen, here's, here's what makes life work. And so we look at the Ten Commandments and, that he gave Moses and there's the Ten Commandments, do these things, do these things, don't do these things. And, you know, some people kind of have problem with God making rules, making laws. Well, he, he designed everything. He created everything. He created us. He knows what makes us tick. He knows what makes us fulfilled. And he knows what will make our lives fulfilling and happy. And he knows what will destroy our lives. And he says, now here's, here's some, some good ideas. Do these things, and, but don't do these things. And some people say, well, you know, God takes all the fun out of life. I mean, all the things that I want to do, I'm not allowed to do. And he's just kind of a spoil sport. Um, you know, everything I want to do is either, either illegal, immoral, or fattening. It's like all the fun stuff in life is the bad stuff. But really, when God says don't do these things, it's because those are the things that ultimately will destroy our lives. He knows how life works. And he wants us to 
avoid the pitfalls. He wants us to avoid the things that are damaging to us. And so he, he sets up these laws and says, don't do these things. But here, do this. Walk in fellowship with me. Walk in partnership with me. Walk in relationship with me. And I will make your life the most fulfilling that it could possibly be. Because I designed you. I created you for specific purposes and, and for certain things for you to walk in and enjoy. I've given you certain talents and abilities and skills. And I will lead you to the place that will give you the ultimate fulfillment for your life. But just avoid these, these, these negative things that will cause you to um, diminish who you're called to be. And so God was hurting so badly when, when man just turned away from him. And so he set up the plan in ages past for Jesus to come to die on the cross. Now, I was seven, year, seven years old when I trusted Jesus as my Savior. And I can remember exactly where it happened. And not everybody can always remember. Sometimes it's not a specific place or date. or I don't know the date, but I remember it was my older brother kind of grabbed me after church one day and he took me into the bedroom. I can show you the street where the house is, the room we were in, and where we were sitting on the floor when my brother Jack said to me, Kent, did you ever trust Jesus as your Savior? I said, well, uh, you know, I don't know. And so I prayed right then, seven years old, to receive Jesus. I knew, I knew, but it was just the, being confronted with it, being, have you ever done it? Have you ever just... Ask for forgiveness. Ask the Lord to forgive you. you Receive Jesus as your Savior. So I did. So so that transaction took place right then. But what did God do? Did he save seven-year-old Kent Yorgi? And and two minutes afterwards, there's this heavy, heavy weight over my head just waiting for me to mess up. Of course, I was not necessarily a very accomplished sinner at seven years of of age. <clears throat> there weren't like these really nasty negative things that I'd done when I was when I was seven, and even after that, for, for at least for a little while. Um, but then I had this weight over my head, like God's, like you know, um, now that you've done that, you just better be careful because if you don't, boy, this thing's going to come down on you, and you're going to have to start all over again. Did he save seven-year-old Kent Yorgi, or did he? Or should I say it this way? Did he justify seven-year-old Kent Yorgi? Or did he justify Kent Yorgi? He justified Kent Yorgi. And it's for all time. It's, it's, he does it, and it's done. It's a, it's a done deal. And so understanding, understanding who he is and how he does things and the way that he speaks and when he makes a declaration... When he speaks, it's done. So when he said, you're justified, you're justified. I see you as never having sinned. I see you as sinless and as perfect. It's a done deal. It's not like a yo-yo. And if we don't, some people have this idea that if they mess up, then they're out of God's favor. And so maybe they're in, God's, in right standing with God, and maybe they're not. It goes back and forth and up and down and all around. And we need to understand that when God says that it's done, it's completed. God's perspective is so much different than ours. He sees from an eternal perspective. He doesn't look at time. We're we're very much um, established in this time continuum kind of thing. And he's in eternity. 
And so things look completely different to him. And it's hard for us to understand how he sees things and how he views things. <clears throat> but I understand that when I trust him as my savior, he makes the declaration that I'm justified and sins are gone. <clears throat> So he views us that way. <clears throat> when, we, when we trust him as our savior, the sins are gone. So how many of you, after you trusted Jesus as your savior, still had an issue with sin once in a while? You know, sin once in a while. <laughs> I'm glad you're not laughing too loudly. A little giggle is okay. <laughs> but somebody goes, ah! <laughs> that would be a problem, right? Um, but yet God continues to see us as never having sinned. So is he a pretender? Is he delusional? Uh, how can he do that? How can he almost ignore reality? I mean, I know I mess up, and yet he sees me as sinless. And yet he tells us in his word, your sins and your iniquities will I remember against you no more. In Jeremiah 31, in Hebrews chapter 10, it's repeated. Your sins and iniquities, I will remember against you no more. So he's part of the declaration is my son never sinned, so you never sinned. They never sinned. The ones that trust him, they never sinned either. And so we can kind of stand here saying, well, I don't understand that. I mean, how can he, how does God do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand eternity. I don't like to think about eternity too much because it hurts my head. Like God always was. I mean, he always is. I mean, there's no beginning to him. Everything has to have a beginning. No, he always was. I can't go there. I don't understand the Trinity. Can't explain it. I don't understand how his blood actually cancels out sin. I don't know how that works or why that works. I, just, I know it does, but I don't understand it. And so God says, your sins are gone. I see you as sinless. How does he do that? I don't know. But I have a, I have, all I know is I have a hard time arguing with a person who when they speak, they create worlds. I don't, I'm not going to win a converse. I'm not going to win an argument with him. He's God. So I don't need to understand how he does it. Obviously, he's got something going on that I'm not aware of. I need to take his word for it. And if it doesn't make sense to me, that's not the important part. The important part is what he says, and it's the truth that he gives me, and I need to believe it and trust it and know that what he's telling me and what he, is, what he says to me is really true. And so what do I do when I, when I mess up, when I, when, I, when I sin? Let's say that I have this recurring issue in my life. And I won't, I won't say anything specific because, because I don't want to. <laughs> I could give you examples. Uh, not a lot. There's only a few. Uh, maybe one once in a while. Uh, okay, getting angry with people when I'm driving. That's a... So let's just say that I've done that like uh, two or three, um, 400 times, um, 
how many times a week, how many weeks I've been driving since I'm 16. Uh, no, let's not do that. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that I have 551 times I've gotten angry with somebody when I'm driving, and I've, I confess it. I'm, I confess it to the Lord because if, if we confess, he, he forgives. And so he, he sees me as not having sinned, and, and I do it again. I get angry, and I go, oh, God, I did it again. He goes, you did what again? I just got angry again like I did the other 551 times. He said, I don't see it. I don't, this is the first time. This is the first time. Really? Okay, I confess I got angry with the driver. Okay, it's gone. Your record's clean. So how many times I get it? I don't know. There's nothing here. I don't see anything. See, just that quick, it's, 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 it's gone. How does, and how does he forget? Like, is that... We think of forgetting as a weakness. Like, um, I forget people's faces sometimes. Their names. I forget names. I try to really remember people's names. I, I sometimes forget things that happened... Not that long ago, I forget things that my wife told me I was supposed to do. And there's a third thing, but see, I don't even remember what the third thing is that I forget. Um, But if I were to say to you today, is there something in your memory that you would like to just forget completely and have it never come up again? Would you like, is there anything that happened to you or that you did that you would like to forget and never remember it again? And if I had some magic thing that I could do and say, okay, in just a minute, I'm going to release this and that, that thing will be gone forever. And it actually worked. You wouldn't think of that as a weakness. You would think of that as a strength. And so really when God forgets, it's just demonstrating his strength and his ability to really forget, to just forget it. And so when I think about that, that God sees me as not having sin, I mean, just try it. It's already hard for me. I'm already having, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, really? Maybe we need to just do that for a while. Think about yourself. As not having any sin. Just think about it. If you have to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Or if you just. There's nothing there. If we've received Jesus. If we've received the forgiveness that comes through faith in him. Because of what he did on the cross. And God has justified us. He sees us as not having sin. And if we do mess up and we come to him. We deal with it and it's already gone. It's, it's already gone. See, the confession is just on our part. We're already forgiven. We just need to acknowledge it because we carry the memory of it. And he sees us as as sinless. And it's not that he doesn't want to remember. He can't remember because he's done away with it. So let's just let some of that break off right now. (laughs) Let's just let that break off right now.
How do you view yourself? Do you see yourself as somebody that has certain weaknesses? You think of areas of your life where you're not living quite up to par. And you wish you could do better. But when you think about God's perspective of who you are. He's looking at every one of us and he's thinking, look what my daughter, look what my son can do because they're absolutely pure in my sight. I see them without blemish, without any corruption, righteous. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit for just a a moment to help us to to get, get free of the mindset that keeps us trapped in who we think we are, but not in the reality of who we are. Trapped in a mindset of being weak in areas where we stumble and fall perhaps on a regular basis. So Lord, Holy Spirit, bring freedom right now. Bring freedom. As we understand your love for us, we understand the power of the, of the blood of Jesus and we understand the declarative statement that comes from the mouth of God. At the moment that we receive Jesus as our Savior, justified. Sin gone. Righteousness, holiness comes. God sees us that way. And he forgets. Holy Spirit, help us to forget. And to be able to focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If we look at the one who is perfect, we will become like him more and more. If we look at ourselves and look at our sin, we'll tend to repeat it. And so... Holy Spirit, we ask for you to bring release even today, even now. Release, release from a mindset that keeps us mired in junk and not really understanding. And so we want that new perspective. I don't know how, but I'm perfect in his sight. I don't know how, but you're perfect in his sight. Maybe you're here today and you never trusted Jesus as your Savior. That's new to you. You've never come to the place where you understand that God's reaching out to you and his Father's heart of love. So forgiveness is for everyone. 
And it's a matter of receiving it. It's, it's, a, it's a gift that's free. Just acknowledge that you need it. That Never been forgiven quite that way. Because you've never received Jesus as the one who made the payment for you. And it's such a simple thing. It's a simple transaction. It's not difficult. It's faith in Jesus plus nothing. He doesn't want promises from us. He doesn't want money from us. He doesn't want anything from us, just our hearts. He just wants to say, I I acknowledge that I'm not what I should be. I have sinned. I've done things wrong that are contrary to your law. And the weight of that sin in my life just diminishes who I am and I want to be free from that. And so I acknowledge Jesus, you're the one who died for me and I accept your forgiveness and I accept your righteousness and I thank you that you give me new life, new life in you, relationship with the Father through faith in Jesus. And it's a simple transaction. And if you've never done that today, you can do it. And if you do, there will be a gavel, (laughs) a gavel knock in heaven where the, the God of all creation would declare you justified without sin. Wow. So Holy Spirit, would you continue to work and speak even in our time of worship? Would you minister to us? Would you